and welcome back to the BSS podcast. Um, previously, you may have listened to episodes where we are talking um, about and raising awareness about some unseen challenges that people face, um, things like eating disorders, mental health problems, and today we're going to be talking about autism. It's something personally that I actually know little about, um, and so this episode is going to be really useful for me, and I hope that it educates you more about what autism is, misconceptions people have about it, and how we can support people with autism. Um, I'm honoured to be joined by two guests today. So I am joined by Jade. Jade, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, I am Jade. I am currently studying in year 13. I do history, criminology and sociology and I have autism. Yes, thank you. Um, Jade also has Tourette's, so if you hear any funny noises within this, don't be alarmed. Um, we'll hopefully do some more episodes of Raising Awareness about that in the future. Um, but today we're talking about autism. I'm also joined by Mr Shanks, who has experience of working with autistic students. Mr Shanks, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Mr Shanks. I'm a history teacher here at Bradley Stoke. I've been here since 2013, so a while now. And I, as Emma said, I've taught um, a range of children with dis- disabilities, including autism. Brilliant. Um, so first of all, it'd be really good to define and establish what autism is. Jade, can you tell me what autism is, please? So the standard definition, it's a neurological disorder that sort of affects the way that we sort of move, uh, not move, uh, speak and sort of interact with the world around us. Mm-hmm. And when was it that you thought that you had autism? Can you talk me through the process of being di- diagnosed with autism? Um, so I started sort of about three years ago where I went to a range of therapists who sort of like gave me the possibility that I could be autistic mm-hmm. um, so I went into more research um, and then whilst I was under CAMS I we got referred to BAS as soon as I turned 18 mm-hmm. um, so with BAS I have completed my triage assessment for autism and mm-hmm. I am still waiting for my full assessment as I've been waiting for these assessments for about two years, it's very hard to get a diagnosis mm-hmm. at the moment. So why do people think that you are autistic? What are the signs of autism? Um, so with me, it was mainly, it was quite hard with me because it's harder to find autism in girls because of sort of like the stereotypes that revolve around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with me specifically, it was sort of like how I interacted the wor- with the world and it was more to do with sort of like meltdowns and shutdowns that I would experience, um, mm-hmm. particularly in schools. And it sort of like revealed itself mm-hmm. in a certain year when I was unable to mask anymore because mm-hmm. of autistic burnout. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mr Shanks, how does autism affect someone on a daily basis? Well, um, first of all, I think it's really important that Jade's touched on already, but there's a sensory aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So p- children with autism might struggle with things like tastes, mm-hmm. certain tastes and textures and, and smells that they might find quite intense um, and un- unpleasant more so than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, people with autism um, might be hypersensitive to touch um, as well, and certain noises, mm-hmm. particularly loud noises, um, bells or whistles mm-hmm. or yeah. um, unexpected noises can, can add to someone's stress levels if, mm-hmm. if they are, have an autistic diagnosis. Um, I think social interactions can be quite di- challenging for people with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes um, interpreting language mm-hmm. that um, non-autistic people may find very, very easy. Someone with autism might find very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, often they may interpret language quite literally mm-hmm. rather than understanding things like metaphors and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, sometimes people with autism may have a what's called a comorbid diagnosis. So that means they, um, will, as well as having autism, they may have um, an additional disability like ADHD, 
or Tourette's as Jade, mm-hmm. in Jade's case or um, depression also mm-hmm. um, so often people with autism will have a secondary diagnosis mm-hmm. as well um, so there's a number of barriers mm-hmm. but there's also um, it's really important and I'm sure you'll touch on it today that, that autism can be you know as mm-hmm. incredible benefits and, yeah. and, and positives to it too yeah thank you um, so I'm also aware that autism is a spectrum. What does that mean, Mr. Shanks, when people say that? So it means that people can have many of those issues that I've just talked about, mm-hmm. or very few of them. Um, so it may be that some people um, aren't affected by, by noise mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. There are some people on the autistic spectrum that for, no, for them noise is not necessarily an issue. They can go to a nightclub mm-hmm. and have fun and, and go to a concert and it yeah. not affect them. Whereas other, for other people, that would be an extremely challenging environment mm-hmm. um, to go into. Um, it also may be that some, and I think this is a, you know, a misnomer, but some people often, um, their view of autistic people is that they are insular and they sit on their yeah. own and they, and, and they don't necessarily talk to, to people. And for some people that is the case, yeah. but for others they're incredibly social yeah. and they enjoy spending time with other people and being amongst other people mm-hmm. and, ha- and have a wide circle of friends. Yeah. So it, it very much is a spectrum, like I've talked, like I've just mentioned. You can have experienced lots of those yeah. issues, or very few, yeah. um, or, or be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, thank you. Like Mr. Shank said earlier about um, uh, like kind of loud noises. As being a close friend of Jade's, I'm aware that sometimes it peer, appears that you kind of struggle in places where there's loud noises. Can you touch me more about that? Yeah. So um, as Mr. Shank said, there is a wide spectrum. So I particularly struggle with. Um, sensory difficulties regarding sort of like loud noises um, it's sort of like the, my main triggers are more whistling it also triggers my Tourette's mm-hmm. um, so in those situations um, it's quite hard to manage mm-hmm. um, because there's always this social pressure of what do you do if you start covering your ears and then you've got people like saying oh are you being rude because mm-hmm. you're covering your ears you don't mm-hmm. want to speak to me and it's really bo- sort of like about us protecting ourselves mm-hmm from extraneous variables mm. that really do sort of like don't work in our favour. <laughs> Thank you. And like Ms. Shank says, a lot of people have kind of quite negative labels attached to autism, but there are some really positive things. Jade, can you talk to me about some of these positives, please? Yeah, so there are so many positives of autism um, and a lot of people sort of look over them mm. because of yeah. the stereotypes that revolve around it. So, for example, with me, I am very creative. I'm very good at art and um, painting, drawing. I love that type of thing. Um, We have very specific passions. Like, I have a very specific passion for marine biology, um, the ocean. Absolutely love it. And it can even, like, have... So we call these special interests. Mm -hmm. We have special interests uh, for even people and, um, like, animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example... I have a very um, close attachment with my dog Mm -hmm. and I will associate everything with my dog. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Jade, what's within your experience of having autism, what's something that you wish people understood about autism that they don't? I think probably the main thing is that we are different from um, neurotypical people. That's the main thing. Don't try and classify us as um, almost sort of like trying to make us fit in with these stereotypes of a normal person Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work with us. It's more about you need to learn to accommodate for our needs, which is not difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, 
um, my friends and you know um, one of my triggers is whistling mm. so you just don't whistle around mm. me mm-hmm. um, and it's just learning from sort of autistic people's experiences mm-hmm. um, it's a hard thing to deal with and I don't think we need any more sort of negativity from outside of our own minds mm-hmm. uh, similar to my last question Mr Shanks within your experience of a, a school environment particularly what are some kind of misconceptions that you've seen I think sometimes it's dangerous that people perceive autistic people to be um, genius mm-hmm. level or a, a, and that's called a savant mm-hmm. um, and some somewhat for that's true for some autistic mm-hmm. people they will be of genius level intellect mm-hmm. and be extremely um, extremely able at a certain aspect of their of their schooling mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not always the case yeah. um, and so as Jade's already touched on, Lots of autistic people will have special interests yeah. and things that they're extremely good at, mm. um, but not everyone will experience autism in the same way. Mm. Um, and um, as I've mentioned before, uh, you know everyone's everyone's experience is slightly different. Mm. Um, but I think that would be the main that would be the main one. Mm. Uh, the, the idea that uh, you know everyone who's got autism is is a genius. Yeah. And 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 although that's true for some, it's not always true for mm. everyone. And in fact, many people with autism may have an additional learning mm. um, disability mm. and a barrier to, to learning. And I think as a school, it's our job as teachers and colleagues around school to help young people overcome some of those barriers mm. and to support young people in terms of being able to access the curriculum. Um, and, um, you know, thinking about your experience, Jade, but, and, and, and others, it's about helping you to overcome those barriers mm. and other people to overcome those barriers too. Mm. Thank you. Um, so, Jade, like you said, it wasn't until much later in life that you discovered that you were autistic. Um, so, what should people do if they have signs of autism? Um, so, mainly everything about autism sort of firstly comes from self-diagnosis, whether it's from your family, friends, sort of somebody who knows you very well, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's usually not a, usually not a type of thing that you will pick up on mm. um, like for me it was multiple people who had to sort of like go through it with me and mm. then that led me to sort of conducting my own research mm. um, for some people it's a lot easier because they can go to a doctor or GP mm. or whatever um, and they can tell you and sort of give you support on what to do next mm. um, but in most people's cases like for me, when I found out I was a lot older, I think I was probably about 16, um, it's a lot harder to be accepted mm-hmm. um, as autistic, especially without a diagnosis per se. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so, Mr Shanks, in your experience um, as being a teacher who has supported autistic children, what is some practical advice that you would give to listeners of how they could support their family or friends who are autistic? Just be a good person. <laughs> really, just be a good person, be a good friend. Mm. Um, you know, we're all, every single one of us is yeah. unique in some way, uh, you know, and um, people who, who with autism shouldn't just be defined as being you know, solely autistic. Yeah. They're an individual. They're yeah. a person. They've got feelings. They've got interests. They've got passions, mm-hmm. just as everybody else does. It's just sometimes, um, you know, the way they perceive the world is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose I would say about just be understanding of the environment, mm-hmm. um, understanding triggers that mm-hmm. that might um, 
you know, affect someone with autism, be kind. Yeah. Someone with autism may not always say or do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make them a bad person mm. because they've, they've said something wrong or they've, you know, they've got made a social mm. mis- mistake. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, if that's the case, it's important. If you're a good friend, you'll go through that with yeah. with your friend with autism and you'll explain to them why that situation didn't quite work out. Mm. But um, reassuring the person yeah. and and allowing them a safe space mm. um, to to calm down if, if that's what they need. Mm. Um, but these are all things that you would do for yeah. for anyone, would, yeah. you, you know, it, um, any friend, mm. but especially an autistic person, it would make an awful lot of difference too. Yeah. Jade, is there anything you want to add to that? I'm sort of touching on Mr Shanks's idea. Um, we do need sort of like that environment where we are accepted for who we are. Because mm-hmm. um, I think some the statistics are something like um, autistic people are three times more likely to struggle with other mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's true. Um, and I know for others that I know who are autistic, it is also true. Um, so we need sort of like a lot more sort of encouragement that what we're doing is the right thing to stop us from masking our true selves basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Absolutely. yeah because masking is a very big problem with autistic people that it's hard to stop doing because of societal pressure um so if you accept sort of the autistic person as who they are within all of their autistic traits they will be a lot more comfortable with mm. themselves and it will make them more comfortable around others as well mm. yeah mr shanks what's one thing that you would like listeners to take away from today's episode i think we've become a long way as a society yeah, in terms of autism definitely. um and we know a lot more about autism now than mm. we ever did before and if we went back generations like a history teacher, <laughs> teacher you know, autism wasn't even recognized yeah. as, a, as a condition that people had or, or anything um, so you know there's a lot of positive things that have happened I think there's more to, there's more to come I think yeah. we need to do more to support young people in school um, and I suppose I think if thinking back to your question one thing I would take away I think it, it just is, is for us all to be aware of autism mm-hmm. and have it in the back of our minds that actually the person you could be stood beside at any point in time or mm-hmm. sat beside at any mm-hmm. point in time in school or out of school on the bus they could be autistic mm. and they could be, you know, having a really difficult time. Mm. Um, so I think it's just a, one thing would be just to be aware, mm. be aware and, and be be supportive, mm. be kind. Yeah. Jade, what would you say? I completely agree. Um, there's times where I'm on the bus and somebody starts playing really loud music mm. and I'll have mm. a meltdown on the bus because of that. Mm. Um, so it's just more consideration to other people, yeah. but especially people with sensory issues or like mm. autistic people, like just because someone doesn't wear their a sunflower lanyard, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously associated with hidden disabilities, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they can't not be, no, mm. they can, they are disabled no matter sort of how they present themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to sort of like have that in the back of your mind that you can't have expectations of people yeah. that you've placed on yourself, um, especially on autistic people because mm. that's just another form of masking yeah yeah definitely you touched on um your sunflower lanyards can mm. you explain what those are please because i'm sure a lot of people are aware that they're around but probably not sure exactly what they are yeah so um i've been wearing a sunflower lanyard for probably about 
three years now. Um, so my mum got it for me initially as a way to sort of like tell people I have a hidden disability. <laughs> if something happens to me, like I am in distress, um, I start acting strange in public places, um, they'll be able to flip the lanyard and sort of see ways that they can help me. Mm -hmm. And I will also be getting badges um, on my lanyard that will sort of like help people more to identify because people have begun associating the sunflower lanyard with just not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And that's not true whatsoever. It's, it's actually really important to me, especially to wear one, because mm -hmm. if something happens, especially since I'm 18 now, I'm going out on my own. I need that support mm. and I need to know that it's going to be available to me. Mm. Thank you. Thank you both so much for coming on today's episode. I really hope that whoever's listening today that this has really raised your awareness about autism and how we can support those with it. And just like Mr. Shank says, it's just about being a good person because um, we never know what anyone is going through, not mm. just disability-wise, but mentally-wise. It's just important to be to be kind um, in everywhere that we go. Um, so thank you so much, Jade, for coming on and your bravery. And thank you so much, Sarah, for giving up your time and your honesty today. Mm -hmm. And see you next time.